Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 37. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. Hello. And uh, this month, we're going to pit a pair of Gallo films against each other. I think I'm saying that correctly. No. I, I, I watched I watched oh, the documentary. With, like, yeah. like, the, the, the entire documentary was in Italian. And they pronounce, but they pronounce it multiple different ways themselves. Yeah, well, may, you know, maybe uh, it's right for the. I've always heard it say said um, Giallo. I watched the documentary you're talking about too, and I um, I didn't notice one way or another. They talk so fast, not to sidetrack us right away, but there's, they do. There's, yeah, there is on Shutter a documentary about the genre, um, which it's called All the Colors of. The giallo yeah, or something like that, yeah. And boy, like the that documentary is not messing around. It's just people talking constantly through the whole thing, and it is um they speak very fast Italian. So I, I guess maybe that's why I didn't notice. Uh, yeah, well, and, and I don't I don't understand Italian. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm reading uh the translation on the screen because <laughs> otherwise it that that is that entire documentary is talking heads like yeah yeah you're basically reading that entire film uh because there's there's nothing really to see there's some clips from movies and stuff but but um really just commentary i've always heard it called the giallo um but i guess as you might find out tonight i don't think either of us are experts on this genre no uh it's definitely a uh, it's a it's a dipping our toe into into the the genre um it is italian horror mystery um it's like horror adjacent mystery theme we we will talk more about it uh briefly uh, well, more in depth with the films but we'll talk more about the genre I have feelings about the genre. I've seen, I've seen maybe a few more than you know. I've seen like other ones before these. Yeah, I've seen some as well. Um, okay. you, you probably have seen more than I have, but uh, few. They like to show them on uh, Joe Bob sometimes. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've seen Suspiria, like the the original. Um, I don't know if I count that. We'll get into seem it. Too, yeah, we'll 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 we'll. we'll get there soon but uh we also watched some other stuff and as always we're going to kick off this episode by uh kind of conversing about what we saw this month jeff what did you watch over the last month boy um quite a bit but we won't get all to all of them there's one i wanted to, to like touch on even though it's one that no one will have heard of or care about uh but there is a documentary series on hbo it's basically three films mm-hmm. uh, which i will call life of crime like if you if you on the hbo if you on the max app chris and you search life of crime you would, you would find all three of the movies okay but the way it works is that it's a documentary series where in the 80s like back in the day hbo used to have like these like hard-hitting documentaries right and i think this was like around the birth of that it was like they had a series called like america undercover and it would always be like fucked up shit like uh dad has a midlife crisis and starts doing ecstasy or you know what i mean like yeah cra- crazy, 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 crazy stuff. yeah and um one of them was called one year in a life of crime and it was this filmmaker out of newark i think newark out of new jersey um 
follows around these like young like 22 23 year old kids for a year as they like basically they're like they're like shoplifting and he actually follows them into stores and you have pretty primitive uh, you know footage of like the actual crimes taking place and stuff and he follows them for a year and that's like the first film and kind of ends with them like getting into a little bit of trouble near the end of it like they're pretty carefree young kids throughout it and by the end one of them ends up getting caught and going to prison and all the others seem to be like dabbling with like cocaine and, and, and drinking and this and that and the way it worked is uh, the filmmaker went back to like check up on them every so often and so you have a second film called Life of Crime 2 which came out like I think the first film came out in 1988 and the second film came out in 1998 and then there was a new film that just came out, you know, very recently, I think in 2021, called Life of Crime, 1984 to 2020. It's very interesting. It's kind of like the famous uh, Seven Up series of documentaries where it was like this one filmmaker just picked these subjects and kind of followed them through their whole lives. Um, but this is, uh, you know, by the second film, they're like badly addicted to heroin, and um, it, it is very um, brutal, <laughs> serious to watch. Like, uh, there will be moments where you like feel hope, but you should not feel it because um, there is no hope. Everything is going to fall apart, and. Um, You'll see things in this that are like really disturbing and more fucked up than anything you've seen in a horror movie. And yeah, I just wanted to mention it for people who are into documentaries. Like it, it, it like stuck with me for a good solid week after I saw it, where I was just like I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, like what happened to these uh, people funny that you you mentioned like it's a there's there's no hope it's it's brutal and bleak and it's like it's it's worse than like stuff you'll you'll ever see in a horror film and i always get people that are like oh how how can you watch horror right like just in general yeah. and it's like but it's fake like everything you see yeah. in this is fake like real life is worse like with so many levels it's, it's true and like but like on top of it, like you'll see things that like look like they're out of a horror movie, but they're real. <laughs> um, so as a warning, I guess to, to people, but yeah. like the, it is unflinching. The camera does not look away from things that most documentaries would would turn away from. Um, and yeah, it's just th there's things that happened. We're like even like. Three, four days later, me and my wife would turn to each other and be like, man, I can't believe what happened to her. Like, you know, like, you're just like, like, it, the, the movie, like, hits you like a ton of bricks at the, at the end of the third one. Now, it's interesting because the third one, Life of Crime, 1984 to 2020, that's um, like two hours long. But the first hour is kind of footage from the first two movies. So it's like you could kind of just watch that third movie. That's not how I did it. You get the um, recap, and then it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like repurposing footage from the first two movies into making the first half of the third. So like you could go blind into the third movie, know nothing, and you're gonna get to see 
these people's lives play out over the course of two hours. Um, Got it. But the way I did it is watching through them all. And so, like, you know, the first one is like an hour, the second one is like two hours. And then the third one, like 15, 20 minutes in, when we noticed, like, it was just all footage from the first two movies, we fast forwarded until it caught up, like, until we're like, all right, now we're past where where we were like you know yeah, in these yeah. people's lives and then you know that was about an hour in and so like it, it, the the second hour of the third movie i'm like telling you man like it'll fuck you up and if you think i'm lying like just go on like letterbox and look at look at the reviews like people are just like i think i mentioned it in uh one movie group i'm in and like everyone that commented was just like yeah dude like i couldn't get that movie out of my head for like months afterwards because it's just so fucked up so if you're into fucked up or if you're into crime or or just documentaries especially documentaries that like follow people's lives and or just follow like things as they happen really i don't want to say excellent <laughs> but uh it'll stick with you if you want to see something that will like haunt you for a while Got watch, it. watch life of crime on hbo <laughs> um <clears throat> I saw Candyland, which is yeah. uh, a new uh, horror movie that you can rent out there. When I went to go rent it, it was just buy only on Amazon, and it was five bucks. And I had heard some people like kind of championing championing it, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. The setup is it's a uh, it's a slasher movie set at a truck stop where we kind of follow uh, sex workers who like work at the at a truck stop. That's a thing, apparently. I want to know. I'm not in that trucker life. But uh, it, it's, it's a thing. I, I've heard the term yeah, wild lizards before seeing the it, movie. It, it, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's depicted this way, if they if they depict it realistically, but it is. they are people that exist, and this these things happen at truck stops. It's just, you know, it's a place where sex workers can find work. You know? Yeah. Uh, but they also like kind of like live in a like a motel or a hotel nearby or whatever. Um, but anyways, not to like give much away about it. But um, there's a girl that shows up and she, there's like this religious cult that's bother, bothering them. And there's this girl that kind of like escapes from the religious cult and starts kind of living with them. And at the same time, a slasher movie begins and, and begins killing off these characters one by one. Um, I was just kind of, I'm always looking for something that's like, people, like, that, that flew under the radar that people missed. I feel like this is one kind of, um, and I, I love, like, it being me, I love, like, the setting and the sleaziness and that aspect of it. And the movie does, like, lean into that, you know, a little bit. Like, there's definitely scenes that are meant to, like, push your buttons and and be gross and not in like the normal horror movie way so to speak um, oh yeah there's just some uh there's it, it makes you uncomfortable with like sexual yeah like, <laughs> i'm all about like all that i love it i love the setting i love the idea uh and it, you can tell it's kind of reaching for like cult status a little bit with its setting and and whatnot but and you're usually destined to fail when you try to become a cult film but I do think that this movie has something going for it in that it, I think it genuinely seems to care about its characters. Like, 
I think they're all like more deeply drawn than I expected. Even like um, there's one played by like William Baldwin. He's a uh, like this cop that's always bothering them, and the way he comes off at first is very like over the top and comedic, and he seems kind of heartless. And he is a dick, but like as it goes on, you realize that there's more than there's some more depth to him than what you expected from the beginning. And I think that's what really made the movie work for me as well as I thought that the the directing was actually pretty stylish. Uh, the acting was pretty good and there's a few pretty memorable moments I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, you saw this. I, I I did see it. Um I think the character work is, is real well. I didn't I don't think I, I liked it quite as much as you. Um I I, I kind of called where it was going. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, I don't, I don't like, think it, it. It very much like. Well, not not like I mean the like this. There's this end of the world cult. So if you you know anything about end of the world cults, like you kind of know where this is this is ending up at. And I was a little disappointed that that there wasn't a bigger twist there with that. But uh, yeah, it's like you'll um, figure out very early on what's going on, and nothing yeah. really. There's nothing beyond that. Yeah, like like you'll know like they don't hide who like like they originally hide who the killer is, but then you you blatantly see who it is and and uh you know what they're how they go th- go about doing stuff. And even before it's explained why they're doing what they're doing, it's pretty obvious, I think. Like Yeah, yeah. You get what's going on. Uh, they they do have a scene where they like explicitly state why. <laughs> there's there's definitely some exposition <laughs> at yeah. the end of that film um in in the last act, but uh overall I like I thought that character work was really well well done. Um it it's it's brutal at points. Um and it it does have, I think it does have like some heart behind its characters and it has a feeling for treating sex workers as people and that like the profession that they are in chosen or not is dangerous. Yeah. Inherently like, like, like you're thinking, Oh, like, you know, these guys are being killed because of a slasher movie. But then like, there is a scene that just shows the inherent danger of, what they're doing, who they're, they don't know these people that they're, they're working with. And it's just, they're all scary. more than, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, that's okay. But they're all just more like you just, you hear that premise. You're like, uh, you, you expect kind of like one dimensional, uh, you know, there's just be like a lot of sex and sleaziness and then people getting killed off. And like, it, it has that stuff, but like the characters are not one dimensional. The movie does seem to care about them. Um, like I actually kind of cared for a lot of the characters in this, so that like took me by surprise and kind of like that's why I'm saying this is like besides just like again like I think the setting is a fun idea and there are some memorable things and I think it's kind of uh, well directed. Um, like I would say it was worth checking out just for those reasons, but I, I think it put it over the top is something I, I think that is like a little gem that flew under the radar is, is the character work. Wow. And, uh... Um, Josh Brolin's daughter in it. Really? Uh, she plays Riley, one of one of the hookers, the okay, okay, the prostitutes. One of like, I'll look it up. I'll look up. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I 
yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you like horror movies, right? So this is one you, you heard about Skin and Marine and all the other shit that came out this year. Here's one maybe not heard of because um, I had not heard about it till uh, I heard of it. actually a pretty big podcast talking about it. And I was like, this is like a real critic, like saying like I, I'm kind of going going back for Candyland. I'm like, I have not even fucking heard of this. <laughs> as soon as I saw what it was, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is for me. Um. You know, I I did want to touch on a TV show called Beef that is on Netflix. I think it was a pretty big hit. Uh, Do you know the, anything about the, it? The, the I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. It's the guy from The Walking Dead, though. Steve right? Yoon, yeah, yeah, and Ali Wong are like two people who get in a road rage incident, and things escalate from <laughs> from there. That's like the premise of the series, I believe it, and I really hope it's just like a. A miniseries? I, I don't know. We can't really see a season two after this. Like, you'd have to do it. It would have to be, like, different characters. and It feels like. Did you watch this? No, it's it's on my radar. I like yeah. Steve Yoon, and I like Ali Wong, so. Yeah. I, at first, I did not like the show. I was not really, like, digging it. It was just, like... At the beginning... It, like, when you first meet Steve Yoon, you're following him, and it's like, okay, so I'm supposed to be, like, on his side, and she's, like, this rich lady who, like, flips him off, and, like, I, I was like, okay, but I'm supposed to be on his side, but, like, I didn't like him either at the beginning. I was like, I don't really like either of these people. Fuck them both. <laughs> They're just, like, these angry asshole guys, working class, angry asshole, and then one is a, you know, Ali Wong plays, like, this rich lady who's an asshole. And I didn't, like, find the first half of the series that exciting. I was just like, I don't see what the hype here is. Uh, we almost, like, stopped. Like, we stopped watching it for a couple nights, and then I was like, we ran out of other things to watch, and I was like, oh, well, you know, let's continue on with this, even though it's just kind of okay. And, uh, boy, I'm not happy I stuck with it, because it, like, really pays off. <laughs> uh, like, things escalate, for sure, much bigger in the second half, and showed uh, had i think it has some interesting things to say it, it takes some big swings like filmmaking wise um just in terms of like it just felt more profound than it started off and, and, and okay. i thought it had a really beautiful ending uh like it really surprised me in like the last three episodes i was like wow they gotta like write this one off because people will be talking about it all year and i'd like i don't get it because <laughs> I did not get to where it gets really good. Uh, I, it's worth it, I'd say. Um, and, I, I, you know, maybe more people liked the first half of it more than I did. I just did not like either of them that much at first, and I didn't think anything that interesting was going on in the first half of the of it. But, uh, yeah, it goes off the rails near the end. Is that eight eight-episode series, or...? Um, I want to say... Somewhere in there, eight to ten, okay. eight to ten, somewhere in there. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was worth checking out. I was happy I, I finished it. Um, do two more, and I'll do them real quick. All right. I saw the whale. Uh, you know the movie Brendan Fraser won yep. the Oscar for. I thought that was better than a lot of people said. Like, yeah, it's it feels very stagey because it's based off of a play. And it's very, you know, it's it's a melodrama, so people like 
very declarative about like their feelings and kind of speak in ways that people really don't in real life. But that's kind of how plays are sometimes. And I don't know. It worked for me, man. He, his performance is really good in it. Everyone is really, really good in it. Sadie Sink is really good in it. Um, his friend is really, like everyone. Everyone does does a great job in it. And I just kind of sometimes like those uh, overly dramatic kind of sappy movies work, and I, this one did for me anyway. Um, I think it's worth checking out, if only for the performances alone. Okay. And I think a movie that's not worth checking out is Cocaine Bear. I fucking thought that movie sucked ass, dude. Did not like it. I know you liked it. I know everyone liked it. Fucking hated it. That's a shame. I don't really have much to say except that, like, I think I was right from the the get-go. Like, when we first ever talked about Cocaine Bear, where I was like, the way to do that is not to do it silly you do it straight and that's what makes it funny like you you do like a serious movie about a cocaine bear and like the funny thing is is that it's a fucking it's stupid you know what i mean but here it's just like we know we're we're silly and that's like what we're going for and i thought a terrible cgi and it had one joke that was it it's a bear on cocaine did not do anything for me like i was just i sat there stone-faced except for there's a part near the beginning where two kids find cocaine that is pretty funny (laughs) and they do that was funny do the coke too yeah uh yeah that one kid i just i thought it was funny (laughs) i I, you are in the majority i think i think most people had a fun time with it the one kid um in that scene, you know, I think she's kind of a main character in the movie. That's another thing. The movie does not know who the main characters are. It's just like, well, there, there's there's over. two there's two plot lines. There's kind of yeah, mom looking for her her daughter, and then there's the the drug runners looking for their drugs, and they all kind of intersect at the end. Yeah. The one girl though, the daughter was from the Florida Project, and she was so good in the Florida Project. And this is the first thing I've seen her in since, and I felt bad for her in this. Anyways, I, I was I mean, not a fan a, of cocaine bear. Don't don't feel too bad for her. it's a it 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 did very well at the box yeah. office, and uh, so she 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 got she's her getting, paycheck. She's getting work. Yeah, she's getting yeah. work. Um, Floor Project, great movie. Nothing like cocaine bear. No, I would assume not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. We saw probably both a million things. That I think you have even more than me. Yeah, I I I have to just keep it to stuff I saw in theaters. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Yeah, forever. Um, uh, so I, I kick off uh, real briefly. I mean, we we talked about one of these on on our other show, but uh, Air, um, uh, the Michael. It's not really the Michael Jordan story, right? It, it's that that's kind of how it's painted out as, but it's more Nike uh, becoming the dominant shoe really like becoming uh as big as they are and it's the story of how they signed michael jordan birth of the Uh, air jordans yeah which inherently doesn't sound like an interesting story but uh matt damon ben affleck um they write a very fun script here um they give great performances uh chris tucker who i find very annoying in almost everything uh he's very very good in this 
Uh, I feel but, like I haven't seen him in forever, but yes, yeah, I also, he's kind of like gone. Him. He fell off the face of the earth, like. But like, what I know of Chris Tucker is like he's always playing that character from Rush mm-hmm. Hour. Yeah. In everything he's ever in, he's not here. He's playing very straight. Uh, he's a business person, but he he like has a comedic touch. Everybody has good comedic timing, um, and it just feels lighthearted throughout. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Uh, Viola Davis, like the cast is just phenomenal uh, throughout it. And, uh, you know, every, it follows Matt Damon's character, who is this, he follows basketball. He watches basketball and he's been signed by, by Nike to get them basketball players. He just knows Jordan's going to be the man. Yeah. He's and like, that, convince the company to. Well, yeah, it has to convince Jordan too, because. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. Nike at, at the time, like they, they kind of go into this. Nike at the time is last place in in the basketball shoe market. They're actually on the verge of shutting their basketball division down. Um, Adidas and Converse are at the top, and this is really about how you know they they leapfrogged by by signing the guy who wasn't like the consensus number one pick, but like Matt Damon's character is like you know, he's going to do it. He's going to be the dude. And you want to get on the ground floor with them and build up, and that's what they did. It's just a, it's a fun story. Um, ultimately, you know where it's going. You know that he yeah, sounds yeah. like Nike, but the way they do it is like it's very, it's gripping. Like you know, like any kind of sports biopic is, and that's kind of how this is told. It's like a a, a sports movie. It's just just done through like people and desks and talking on phones and stuff. Yeah, I you know doesn't inherently sound exciting to me, but you know you know people having meetings and shit you know, that's that's the show succession and pretty exciting show uh but uh and also for me it's like I, i'm a fan of what damon and affleck do especially when they get to work together so yeah i, I mean i can't wait by the time we meet again for the next episode i'll i'll have seen it so i'll let you know what i think but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it good um and it's at affleck directs as well um, yeah, it seems like the the you know him and Damon are not that they were ever on bad terms, but they've kind of reconnected and they're, yeah, they they're just, writing stuff together again. And, they were just yeah, you know, spun off doing their own things for like fucking twenty years, and now they're getting to do some movies and stuff together again. It's, I'm very excited about. It. I, I love Matt Damon. I think Affleck's a good director. I think they're both good writers. Like it's just cool to see them working together again. So yeah, yeah I'm excited to see it. Good. Um, another one, real briefly. We we, we talked about this in the Perfectly Sane Show. Uh, I saw a Super Mario Brothers movie. Woo-hoo! It is it is fun. Um, it is it is it is just kind of like reference the movie. <laughs> like um, there's just like lots of references to the Mario series and and Nintendo in general. But it's fun throughout. It's a it's a breezy ninety minute movie, um, set piece to set piece. Like there's not a lot of story there. There's not really much character development. But really, like what character development are you gonna do with Mario? Like you're gonna give him like some dark backstory. Nobody wants that. Like you want to see yeah. Mario jumping and punching blocks and stomping on Koopas and driving Mario karts and and fighting Bowser. That's what you get, and then it's over. And it's a fun time. I have the DVD here. Uh, interesting casting: Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. <laughs> D- different Super Mario Bros. Movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I actually do have that DVD though. I, get, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie since 1993 or whatever it came. I think even as a kid, I think I saw it once and was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, I bet it would be interesting to revisit. Oh, now. for sure, like, I can't just, wait. What, like I, knowing more about Nintendo and you know how they handle their shit, and then just like, what cocaine fever dream was this? I think I wonder how much Nintendo was involved in that one. But anyways, uh, the um, the new one I will get to eventually. I was thinking about maybe going to see it in the theater, but I was also like, there's higher priority things that I also missed in the theater. So <laughs> sorry, Mario. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's going to hit a billion dollars, um, and and then it'll show up on streaming. So yeah, um, enjoy it when it gets there. Um, another film saw. Uh, New Chris McKay film uh, starring uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, Renfield. Oh, I was uh, like, I had no idea what you were talking about. It's a, yeah. a horror comedy where uh, Nicholas Holt plays he plays Renfield, the uh, basically the, the uh, familiar for Dracula. He goes out, gets Dracula you know, people to eat. And uh, you get a little bit like they do some neat stuff where it's like they show old footage or like what would would seemingly be old footage, like uh, black and white, but with Nicolas Cage and and, uh, um, Nicholas Holt doing like the old uh, universal horror stuff. So like they're they're acting out some of the uh, the old Dracula movies and stuff. And then, you know, it moves through time till you know, modern day, wherever they are. I don't, I don't even remember what city they're in. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, he he decides he doesn't want to be <laughs> with Dracula anymore. So it's kind of him breaking away from that. And uh, it is way more gory than I was expecting. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Just for a horror comedy, you don't expect uh, the amount of blood and dismemberment uh, yeah, that happens in this. Uh, it is short. It is again a breezy ninety minutes, which is good. I think for a a horror comedy, it needs to be quick. It needs to be fast. Like you, you don't need it to drag on with story. Um, set it up and give us the carnage. Intersperse it with like some some plot and some some laughs here and there, and then move on to more carnage. Uh, it's a it's it's was a good enough time. For me, uh, it's not great, but I, I enjoyed my time in the theater with it. You and uh, our buddy Nelson, like one of the only people I know that saw that movie and and liked it. And um, I don't trust Nelson because he fucking you could put Nicolas Cage in anything and he's going to say it was good because Nicolas Cage. Uh, I mean, I I don't love this film. I yeah, I, I like Nicolas Cage in almost everything, though. So. Yeah. Well, me too. Like but, same page. Uh, but, uh, but not everything, not every movie he's in is good. But he's no. always he's always giving a hundred and ten percent for sure. I just from the first trailer, I this looks so terrible to me. Like this is one. Like I hear you, you liked it, you had fun, but uh, it's like if it's free, I will watch it. I'm not paying a sense to see that movie. <laughs> it just looks bad. I don't know. Just like everything about it, like the the fucking dude's haircut i don't like like i don't like anything about it um but 
I did hear that it, that it, it was you know surprisingly gory and like kind of action y like yeah it's very like he so like think like superhero action but with yeah. like, dismemberment but with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so renfield like can he gets like a fraction of dracula's powers by eating bugs and so like he pops a bug and he gets like superpowers and then he goes off and he's like ripping limbs off decapitating people uh there are two very very violent scenes that uh that that are funny as well because kind of the way they're shot and and framed um it's a i don't i don't know if it'll be for everyone i enjoyed it uh, i don't think that we're gonna see much more of it it kind of bombed at the box office but yeah um i, I had a good time nicholas cage is fun so all right uh another uh horror film saw in th- actually the next two are horror films that i saw in theaters i saw the pope's exorcist um i think we've, we've talked I, I enjoy exorcism movies i yeah. enjoy kind of like catholic uh catholic horror um this isn't good it's a bad movie <laughs> I, I enjoyed it though it is uh it is terrible like it it all the wrong way but it is like uh russell crowe plays the pope's exorcist basically he's the the head exorcist for the uh vatican mm-hmm. um and he is just hamming it up in this movie it is it is wild uh his performance in it um it's not good it's it's a bad exorcism film uh but uh he's having a ball and because of that i kind of enjoyed it it also yeah. did surprisingly well at the box office so i didn't think uh, it would do anything because like i didn't never see anything about it like I think I saw the poster. I was like, what the fuck is... It's a what terrible is name. Cr- name. I was is like, what is Russell Crowe doing in some, like, fucking, like, random fucking, like, exorcist fucking horror movie? Like, it just seemed so random to me. Um, it's evidently based on, like, a real person. Like, the uh, this, the guy that, that he's playing, like, evidently does exist. Um, or did exist. He might be dead now. He wrote like a lot of books and uh, articles and stuff. Uh, the way this ends is just supremely goofy where they set it up where him and this other priest are going to go out and like hunt demons. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're setting up an underground Vatican uh, demon hunting excursion group. Oh my God. Uh, it's so goofy. <laughs> I knew when I saw the poster for this though that you would be going. This, this oh, yeah, like, Chris, like, this, this, Chris Valley right I'm, here. I'm in on this, and like I watched it, I was like, "This is so bad." Like, it's not a good exorcism movie, but it's so cheesy. And Russell Crowe seems to be having a blast, and he has given the worst Italian accent on that's ever yeah, been given. I heard, on film. I heard that. Uh, so funny. Did you ever see that Russell Crowe movie from like a year or two ago where he's like 300 pounds and road raging, like fucking trying to kill some lady over a road rage incident? Yes, I'm drawing a blank on what I forgot the name of it, but he was good in that too. (laughs) Unhinged, is that it? Yeah, sure, sounds right. Yes, uh, I've seen that. He is, he, I like Russell Crowe, man. That guy, he's a good actor. Um, he makes some bad movies, but I don't know if I, I don't know where that falls for me. It's somewhere in the middle between good and bad. I enjoyed myself. 
<laughs> yeah, like I, that's that's the thing, right? I think the the Pope's Exorcist is bad. I think it's mm. a bad movie, but I had a good time with it. Like, okay. I was laughing throughout it. It's a uh, it's stupid, um, and I hear that they're going to make a sequel to it, which makes sense. Like wow. it's it it made sixty million dollars off a twenty million dollar budget, so um, that's pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, and if if Russell Crowe is in to do more, I'm sure that uh, that they're on board with doing that. Uh, and finally, um, I went and saw Evil Dead Rise, uh, which is the yeah. latest Evil Dead movie, the fifth Evil Dead movie, I guess, um, if you include Army of Darkness. Sure. Um, it is... Uh, it is not like your first two. It's also it's also maybe not like the last one either. It has the brutality and violence of the last Evil Dead movie. Um, but there's a little bit of levity thrown in, and there is also some uh, um, you know series nostalgia um, Easter eggs tossed in as well for fans. Like there there are weapons that. You know, there's the boomstick. There's the the chainsaw. That shit sh- shows up. There are lines that are, are reused, um, but I I like that they moved it from all the other ones are like cabin in the woods, right? Like yeah. one, one, two, and and four are all like cabin in the woods. Army of Darkness is some weird thing. Kind of its own, yeah. Um, this one they they moved to an apartment building in the city. Uh. It doesn't make a lot of sense why it's there, but there are other people involved. Like it's an apartment building, so people live in an apartment building, um, and not just the people that happen to come across the Necronomicon and 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 unleash the the evil curse or whatever. Uh, it is very violent. It is very brutal. Uh, they there are kids in this. Like it is a if you've seen the trailers, it is a mom who gets possessed. And she, her her sister is there, and her three kids. Yeah, it sounds like a family if turning yeah. on each other. Yeah, as and, opposed to like random friends, like right? Hanging yes, out. and I mean there there are randoms that you know they all die. All the randoms <laughs> that show up, they all die. Um, but they are not afraid to kill people in this family either. Like I was very surprised yeah. uh, because you see a movie like this, and, oh, there's three kids. Well, those three kids are gonna live. No, I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Um, it is it is violent. It is brutal. It is surprising uh, in the fact that they are not afraid to. I mean, the I mean, the kids that die are not. Uh, they are not yeah. little kids, but they are. They are children. They are so uh, surprising in in that respect. Um, yeah, I, I had a good time with it. Um, I think I enjoy it more than the last one, which I, I didn't love. I think you said that's the only one you do like. Yeah, for real. I was about to get into it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they, these are, uh, this is, I think they finally kind of found their footing with the franchise. And it's like, you, you can move away from Ash and the Evil Dead stuff and uh, all, all that and make this kind of brutal horror film. It's a possession story, ultimately. Like that's that's what happens. You read from the Necronomicon, you get possessed yeah. by by demons, 
and just, just make a brutal horror film from there. Just do that, yeah. Do that with different characters and settings, and you know, keep the hallmarks of like the crazy violence and. Um, so yeah, like I just have never been into the series. Like it never clicks with me. Every time I give it a chance, don't care. But I do like that last one. Uh, but like I rewatched that last one this week. And are you telling me that this new one is like more violent than fucking the last Evil Dead movie? Uh, so I have not seen that Evil Dead Just movie forever. recently. Yeah. Um, but this, like, my memory of that one is that this is is more brutal and violent, and it may just be because of who they put in danger in this film. Yeah, I get you. Um, that it, it comes off as more more grisly. I'm interested to see this because it's weird because I, the, I think the audience is split on it. The critics seem to all like really like it. Like it's got pretty high, yeah. You know, um, but like you listen to like the horror audience, and it's like it's it's a real split. There's people like you that think it's great, and there's people that think it's fucking worthless. Like it's the worst one, and. I, my impression is that the people that dislike it are the people that love the old ones the most. Um, I I think they want they want Bruce Campbell. Like that yeah. that seems to be what the vibe I get from people that they they want that continuation. They want Ash versus the Evil Dead, and it's like that that story's over. Like you know they did four seasons or five seasons of a TV series. It's dead. Like that Sam Raimi has moved on. He's doing something you know different I mean, now. They're fucking producing these movies, him and Bruce Campbell, so you yeah. know like they've, they're they've making decided, the choices. <laughs> they they've decided this is the direction that the yeah. series should go, and I, I think they're right. Like I think you can move on from that. You can still have those throwbacks, right? Like, you know, there's there's a point where she is standing on something and you know she's holding the chainsaw and she like goes come get some and like yeah that's a yeah. that's a Sam Raimi like Bruce Campbell line from the old films, but it feels right here. It's not like like I think fans will, oh ha that's like neat they called that back, but like if you don't know anything about Evil Dead like it feels right. It just not too winking about it. Like, right, you um, know. Um... I, like I said, I like the last. I like rewatching that last one this week. I'm like, this is really fucking. It, it it's short and it's fucking like puts you through the ringer in terms of like here is a disgusting thing you should see. <laughs> like it just keeps like, like I'm gonna take something and split my fucking tongue down the middle with it. Yeah. You know, it just kept, like it, it was just like how can we top? It? And I was like, I appreciated that. And I don't know if you remember the, the premise of the last one. It was pretty neat because. They were going to this cabin to get this girl clean and off drugs. So it's like it had like a reason that they were there that also became interesting once she became convinced that something was wrong because everyone just assumed it's because she was, you know, detoxing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she thinks that she's hearing voices and shit because she's getting clean. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. I thought that was neat. But, um, anyways, I, I actually really did enjoy watching that last one, rewatching it. And I'm interested to see this one. But if you are interested to hear, man, uh, there's a there's a podcast called Halloweenies, and all four <laughs> of the guys on that fucking hated it. And 
went on for two hours about how much they hated it and torch shred. So if you're interested to hear, <laughs> and it wasn't just it wasn't just um, because it's not like the old ones. They ripped on it for what it was too, and I'm like. They almost huh. made me believe, but I hear so many people that like see it and liked it. Um, they would, like I for, I'll give you an example of one thing that they like disliked is that like, like fine, cool, you put it in this like uh, this high rise or whatever. That's a great idea, and then we don't get to like move around inside the building at all, and you did nothing with it. And I'm that like, is, well, that, that is true. Shame. So yeah. it, it, they they do lock them to the the floor they're on which in, yeah. a, in a stupid stupid way it's like really dumb there's an earthquake one this building is or it's condemned like you have x days to move out so like that's one of the premises here then there's this earthquake that happens and the stairs are gone <laughs> so there's no power they can't get down and uh um they end up locking themselves in this apartment like it for for a lot of it and it's interesting in the way it is handled though because like it's a little bit claustrophobic like you don't you can't escape this like three bedroom three room apartment or whatever yeah because the demons on the other side of the fucking door like, <laughs> um and, and they 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 set some things up with like uh you know there there's an air duct and like the cat gets up there sometimes and um, they they play stuff with that, and uh, you know, there, there's I, I thought there were some interesting things that they do with it being in in a uh, in an apartment because like the weapons that are being used, at least initially, are basically home appliances or just broken stuff. Yeah, uh, and that that's kind of interesting in the fact that like. You know, like there's a scene that you probably heard about the cheese grater. Like that was that's another a, thing they didn't like. They said that like they didn't show anything. I was like, okay. They show enough that it's like I winced. Like, okay, it is not like oh my god. They showed all like they don't they don't yeah. go with it, but it is enough that it's like that is gross. Oh god, like <laughs> uh, nothing I've heard. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just kind of like looked away from that. Like it's like, oh man, I and I have that. I use cheese graters all the time. Like, yeah. They make um, these night nightmarish items that like out of things that you use every day. Look, it's weird. I'm not a fan of the series, but I'm really interested to see this movie. I wanted to make it last weekend to go see it. I want to go this weekend to go see it. I don't think I'm going to be able to. I feel like by the time I'm going to be able to go see it, it'll be coming to, on demand. But I, I'm very curious about this one. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> what's what's the uh, what's the time frame on how long uh, films take for for Warner Brothers? It's a it's a it's a Warner Brothers New Line film, so it'll show up on Max at some point. Are they still pumping them to Max? I don't know. Not. Not right away, but I mean, they they are Slow. coming out. Like, yeah, I I don't know what was that uh, barbarian one didn't take long, and that did good too. Yeah, and then this this one's doing Is fairly well Warner as Brothers? well. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. The, anyway, anyway, this one's doing well. It uh, it's only been out a week. It's made a uh, you know forty five million off of a twenty million dollar budget. So it, we're going to get more Evil Dead movies. That's cool. Again, I'm not a fan of the series, but I like the idea of just doing it, like getting away from how it started and just like keep certain 
touchstones. Like, you yeah, know, you could, you could do an anthology book, possession story, yeah. And because to be honest with you, man, like, and I hate to say this, but like, I don't like the wacky tone of the first three movies. Like, I just, I know the first one is not as wacky, but it's like. I just don't like that. Like, it just doesn't work for me. And I, I have nothing against Bruce Campbell, but he doesn't work for me. Like, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I feel so weird because I know that most people that grew up with the Evil Dead movies, like, love it, you know? And I just, it just has never clicked for me. I think I liked Army of the Dead when I was a kid. Ar- Army, or, of sorry, Army, like Ar- a, Army of Darkness, I'm sorry. Ar- Army of Darkness is its own thing. It's, it's yeah. a completely different... Like it, it is a straight fantasy comedy that has like horror elements. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll I'll report yeah. back. So so that's Evil Dead, uh, and that's it. Um, I mean, as we said, like we both saw a lot. We could be here all night just talking about that, but we should really a solid talk. Hour. <laughs> yeah, we should really talk about the two films that uh, that we watched for this month. Uh, we're gonna kick off, uh, you know, the two films that we did: uh, 1973's Torso and um, 1982's The New York Ripper. Um, a decade apart between these two, the Torso at the probably at the start, the height, uh, maybe maybe not the start, but at the height of the uh, Gallo Giallo, however you want to call it. Um, yeah, it was like right there. When when they were very popular, and uh, the New York Ripper at, at the end, after the height of, of those types of films, um, but two very notable films in the genre. So uh, we're gonna start off with Torso uh, from 1973. Enter the bizarre world of the psychosexual mind from Carlo Patti, who brought you Doctor Zhivago. Now. Torso. 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 It saturates the screen with terror. Torso. Rated R. Directed by uh, Sergio Martino. Um, as I said, 1973 film released in Italy. I don't know when it was released in the U.S. Uh, but. Uh, it's watching that the many colors of of Gallo uh, documentary, it was interesting to hear how they released films in in Italy or did in Italy. Like they're probably released more like they are in the, the U.S. now and worldwide. But like they would like screen them in different cities, and if they did well there, then they would expand out to other cities. Yeah, um, I mean, we got they, a little of that here back in the day too. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween famously was like that. Sure, and I, I mean it's just it's way different than it is now, right? Yeah, like, and just they're just talking about how like you know they scream they screened like this stuff in in Venice and like word of mouth started, and so then like when they went to Florence, like word of mouth spread there, and then they were able to get like bigger deals and and spread out through sure. Italy and and the rest of Europe. Um. Torso, though, is uh, it is considered per Wikipedia to be the uh, the first slasher film ever made. I'm not sure I, I agree with that, but there I mean, are definitely slasher elements. 
Yeah, he could say psycho or, you know, it's hard to yeah. put yeah. place a pin exactly where it starts. A lot of people will say Black Christmas, which came after this. So it's like, whatever you want to say, if you want to claim it, I'm not going to argue with you. Right. I don't I don't know. Like, that is the claim that other people have made that, that know more about this than uh, I also than I do. A hundred percent agree that it feels totally like a slasher, but I could see it has. I mean, Jallo has all the elements of what a slasher, at least yeah. early slashers, were, which was like this murder mystery thing. Yeah, um, I guess. I guess we should explain that. Like, Jallo isn't necessarily like Italian horror. It is. Yeah, it's a murder mystery. Yeah, which is like, you know, that's something I didn't know up until probably a couple of years ago. Like, I just thought that's what you called Italian horror was yellow. Yeah. It's not. It's a specific. <laughs> it's based off. I think giallo means yellow. And it's based off these very popular yellow paperbacks that were, yep. you know, back in the day there. And they were all like these like trashy murder mystery things. And that's kind of how we got the genre. Um, by the way, before we get any further here, I gotta say, I love the Italian title for this film way more than the American one, which is uh, The Bodies Bear Traces of Carnal Violence. That That is That's a very great title. Is a great title. I can see why you don't go with that title oh, torso, in the US, yeah. but uh, Torso is not a great title either. No. Um, but uh, I, I don't think people are, are rushing out to see the bodies bared traces of carnal violence. I mean, we might. I, mean, I would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, this has kind of all the the hallmarks of pretty much what what are come to to be known as as Giallo. Um, the the killer, almost all the killers in Giallo's kill with knives. Um. They all wear black wearing, gloves. Yeah, wearing gloves. They kind of, you know, sometimes you don't have a hat and a trench coat. Yeah, like they're <laughs> dressed like perverts. Uh, sometimes you see uh, scenes from their point of view, uh, but you never kind of see who they are un- until the end. Uh, so this this all kind of set up there. And this one, like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so torso uh you know it starts off in in this little town of Perugia uh where these students are getting art history uh taught to them. Lots of exchange students. There's like a you know people from Europe, people from the US and that they're all there converging in on this uh university town. And that is when these murders start happening. Um, and I, don't, I think early on, like the murders that, that are happening are interesting. Like there's one where a girl goes out to, uh, she, she cooks up with this dude and they, they go out to this like ruin somewhere and they're, they're kind of getting it on in the car and, uh, the killer shows up and scares them a little bit. And, uh, the dude gets out being all macho runs after him. And that that's how we end up with the the first two kills here. I don't know if they actually show him dying. They just they show his body. So. Yeah, I think they show him with like a slit throat later, unless I'm mixing yeah. it up with. But, with yeah, else. like when 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 the police are there, you see that they found him as well as as a uh, as her. But they they show the murder of her. They they show like the the, the violence that is the killer. On her. 
the killer kills with like a scarf, like he's strangles. Yeah, him. he strangles him before. And I was before like stabbing. Yeah. Well, that's that's the you know he, at first you know he just strangles him and she's dead. I'm like, wow, that was really tame. And then he starts cutting her tit up. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, oh, all right, man. all right. I, I was like really surprised by how tame. I think uh, uh, the other movie we're going to talk about tonight too. The first kill, I was like, "Wow, that wasn't much." And then he continues to mutilate the body, and I was like, "Okay, I guess this this is living up to the Italian horror." Here. Yeah, um, yeah. It's some of the some of the violence here is a little gross. Like it's just it's it's not realistic looking but it's enough that it's like all right that that's a that's a bit much i think if you like you know um old slashers you're gonna you're gonna be yeah you're gonna enjoy some of these um so so then we're kind of just you start to get the the investigation going and uh some other weird stuff happens there's another kill that this chick is she's picked up by some dudes and she ends up at this like bohemian fuck fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she I don't know, I don't really know what happened there, but she gets all kind of like bent on them and gets them to take their clothes off and then basically is like she burns one of them with a cigarette and then runs off. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> don't really know. Like you chose to go there with these dudes. You're just chilling, smoking weed. Like this is the weirdest like hippie fucking like they're like in a barn or something. I'm like, yeah. what is this dude? It's very it's like a weird whole bunch scene. of people. It's just not just it's not just her. It's like this no. big party, but it's like no one's really drinking. Everyone's just kind of smoking weed and dancing slow. And, and she's da- smoking dancing weed. with each other or fucking like She's smoking weed and seducing two guys, and she puts a cigarette out on the guy and runs off like "fuck you guys." It's like okay, and she somehow ends up in the middle of the woods, hiding from these guys because they're notably pissed, right? Like, like, and they start chasing her (laughs) uh, on their dirt bikes, which is just stupid. Uh, But they, they, she ends up in the woods running around, and for whatever reason, the killer's out there. I didn't really get that one. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. One dude flips over his bike too in hilarious fashion. He yes. like runs in this into the swamp or something and goes flying off his bike. <laughs> but yeah, this is like the killer and the killer in this one is like he's like wearing like a ski mask. Yeah. Kind of deal. One of those things where it's just like the eyes and the the, the mouth. eyes are out, the mouth is out. I think it's like, like pink. You can't really... Is it pink? Or um... is it white? I, I can't. I remember it being like white or pink. It's it's, it's white, I think. I, okay. I, I don't remember it being pink, but yeah, it, <laughs> it stands out. It is definitely a brighter color. No, it is white because I wrote it down. I was like, kind of Myers ish. I mean, just you know, the bank blank the far, white. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like you can't really see any expression or anything underneath. Um, and then he like hacks her up as well, and uh, that's when I guess we're. We've already kind of been introduced to these other other characters, but one is she's an exchange student, and um, her dad, or I don't know, I don't know what the relationship was, but it's like, why don't you go out to the villa while all this is going on? And also, isn't she scared because she thinks like there's like this guy kind of like at the beginning of the movie who's like kind of obsessed with her, right? Yeah, she has a stalker that like has followed. He's also an exchange student. He's, and he's got a scarf. Her he yep. has a black and red scarf, which the police show all the 
the students, it's all coming back to me now. I almost forgot everything here, yep. but it's coming yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, they show, they, show, they show that. And so they you're like, oh, that... it could be him. Like, it's the red herring type thing. But she's like, yeah. let's get away, right? When you see him by... So you, you, like we we see him buy the scarf from the vendor outside the school, um, who the vendor also uh, you know vendor knows who bought it and tries to blackmail the killer and ends up dead. Uh, but yeah, like that that guy that oh. student he has the he has a similar scarf and she's yes. having flashbacks of like yes. oh okay. he might be the dude. So the vendor who knows the killer. Right, he tries yes. to like he tries, he tries to, to like, blackmail him. Yeah, best kill in the movie, dude. Yes, he runs him down and like smashes him with his car against the wall. Fucking awesome! Like, and you get to see his like skull and shit crushing. Yeah, and of course, it looks like a little cheesy, but like I'll take it any day over fucking shit today. Like, it was pretty cool. It's well done. I mean, especially considering it's 1973. Like, they do yeah. a very good job in crushing this dude's skull. And that's more violent than most movies at that time. Yeah, I, I would. I, this is. It is fairly violent for what is going on. In, in and that's why, you know, people want to say this is the first slasher. I'm like, sure. Claim it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you want to you want to call it? Go whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, they end up out in, uh, out in out in this villa somewhere, which is all the way up on this hill. And they have to ride a tractor for some reason. <laughs> up the mountain. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's this whole scene where a bunch of dudes are catcalling these three women, uh, two of which are, are um, lesbians, and they're always, like, grabbing on each other uh, and, and being rather rather uh, expressly sexual around everybody. Um, and we also get a sex scene with the, with the two of them at, at one point. I'm not really sure why the tractor is needed. Like, couldn't they just get a car to take them up there? Like, it didn't really make any sense because cars do travel up to the villa. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't don't really know what was going on there. They go and like kind of having a party, um, up in the villa, and while one of their other friends is late getting back, and she thinks it's the other dude, because. Uh, the one girl is like, yeah, it's my stalker. He's the killer. He, he's not the killer. So she breaks into his, his apartment and like goes looking for him to see if he's the killer and doesn't seem to indicate that he is. She goes and hangs out with, uh, with the girls. Like, it's definitely not your stalker. He's, he's not the one killing people. We're all safe. Little do they know that uh, the killer has tracked them down to the house. Uh, killer does not realize that there are four of them there. Kills three of them, while the other one is passed out upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then it kind of sets up the final act where she is hiding from this this killer as he's dismembering her friends in the house. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the whole last. I don't know. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's it's a long period of time. Um, he does leave, like he finishes the job and leaves, right? But then, like, I think he, she's he like locks her in there. Is that the, the deal? And she's like trying to signal with a mirror down well, the so, way below. Am I remember this correctly? So yeah, she she goes upstairs and she's trying to 
to uh, you know signal to, to somebody, but she accidentally like something knocks over. She ends up hiding, and uh, he comes up to inspect the room, doesn't see anybody in there, and then locks up the room um, because oh nobody's in here. They just the window was just open, shuts everything down. Uh, but then she had left her car with somebody. And that guy brings the car back up to the house. And uh, that is when the killer kind of realizes that there's still somebody in the house. She tries to break out of the room uh, by knocking the key over. It misses the paper that she had put out there, but he like slides it onto it so she can unlock the door. And then uh, he get, he attacks her when she leaves the room. And uh, she, she she does escape because some other dude shows up. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that other dude was. I don't, uh, I don't remember. Just some some good looking dude just <laughs> he just shows up to protect her, and then they chase each other around for a while. Um, and when we do finally learn who the the killer is, it's the art teacher. Yeah, this guy you saw in the first like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and uh, like, and, uh, and and these these students like talk to them, like you know they 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 talk yeah. about our history. They they meet up after class. Um, he's actually interviewed, I guess, at some point by the police. Um, but, but he's never presented as anybody of importance. Yeah, and explain, to Chris, why he's doing all this. Did you get? Did you catch it all? Did you get it? Because it's. It's uh, strained, I think, explanation here. Um, it was something about uh, his brother fell while yes. he was trying to, to. He dropped a toy or something, and yeah. his brother tried to grab the toy, and instead he fell off the edge. And it was yes. a girl's toy, so he has hated women. Ever since the rest of his life, it is not so. It's it's yeah. His brother was trying to fetch a girl's doll, and it fell off the cliff, and so did his brother. And because of that, he hates women, which is a stretch. I think it's a stretch. Yeah, um, yeah, very big stretch. But it does, at the very least, the movie like flashes, like has shots of this hand reaching oh. for the, the the doll throughout the movie. So like it yeah. sets up that there's gonna be this explanation. Like, you know, what is what is with the, the doll on the cliff's edge? Like you're wondering the most the movie and then finally that you find and, out the relevance. And I but I, there's I, more I, to it. <laughs> forgot that the beginning of the film is like the opening credits. Is, the opening credits is this explicit sex scene uh, where this doll makes an appearance multiple times. <laughs> They flash that, but yeah, I was gonna like stop you at the top, but I was like, I'll let you go. But yeah, in the opening credits, there's a threesome happening, and that's the other half of the explanation of why this guy's doing this, because he got seduced by two people, students, I don't know, into having a threesome, and then they tried to blackmail him. So I'm assuming students, yeah. right? Uh, and then he he killed them. And then he said he has to, he had to keep killing. It's so dumb. I don't know, but it's so like you killed them. Like, why did you have to keep killing everybody else? We're getting come in contact with. We're getting to my problem with this genre because it's not just this movie; it's pretty much all of them that I've seen. But um, 
Yeah, th- this one's goofy. Like the the killing makes zero. Uh, there's no logical reason to it, which is fine. Like psychopaths, you don't need a logical reason for why they're killing people. But no, they, I mean that, that's fine. They try <laughs> to give a logical reason, and it's like this is absurd. I I don't mind. I mean, I think this is a very, I think this is a bad example of the motive. But I do appreciate that these movies try to give some like psychosexual motive for yeah. why these killers do these things. I just think that this one is like a real stretch. Like, it's, it's like, all right, yes. his brother died when they were kids because, and then, but um, that's okay, I guess. But here's my problem with the genre, though. You know what's fun about a murder mystery? Is you're going, oh, who could it be? Is it this, like, you know, and they kind of, like, uh, misguide you and make, you know, do red herrings and send you one direction, but it's really the other way. And all these movies, it's just some fucking guy at the end that you're like, yeah, I, I guess they were in the movie for, like, three minutes. Yeah. Like, it, it's just always... And it'll probably, like, when we get into the next movie, I'll start to remember exactly well, there, too. But it's the so same, they, like... They're, they're, like I have issues... I have issues with the next one too. Uh, sim- similar issues as well as as you're explaining yeah. here, because yeah, like the the killer should be a person that you is you're interacting with in the film. You know, remember, not... remember Scream? Like how fun that was when you find out who it is. It's because they were there in your face the whole time, yeah, the whole time, not just like oh, it was this like tertiary character that nobody gave a shit about. And oh, they're the big killer. They've been the one doing it all this time, um, and that was their motive, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other problems I have with the genre as well. Like, it's hard. I think that this genre is an acquired taste. I think Italian horror in general is acquired taste. Yeah, but there's things weird. about it that are very strong and very cool, though. That's they, what's like they don't shy away from sex or violence. Like they yeah. are. They're they just don't like they we're going to show you nudity. We're going to show you brutality um, and we're going to show you sex. And it's like it's all up in your face and we're going to kill everybody and we're going to hack them to pieces. Uh, but then there's just like stupid fundamental storytelling mistakes that are just like this. This is weird. Like, why are you doing it this way? Yeah, it's just again. Not my. Fa- I think Italian horror in general, like I said, like it's an acquired taste, and it, like it's slowly growing on me. But I think the giallo less so than. I, I can't say that though, because I can't say I haven't enjoyed any of them. I, but, uh, I, yeah, I didn't dislike the film. It's just like the the reasoning for why the mystery is the mystery doesn't necessarily work. Um, but I didn't well, like dislike it. I wasn't like, oh, yeah. this is bad because of that. I think the other, you know, I, I think Italian horror could be very stylish and again, it's like very cool violence and stuff in like it, but I have a problem with the movies feel dated technically. And I think a large part of that is due to how the Italians did their audio. And it's just like, I don't, no matter how many movies I see like that, it feels weird to me that they did the dubbing. Like, just like, why did you not just record the audio at the same time? It's weird, and it makes it sound and more dated to me. But um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they it, everything looks a little out of sync. Yeah, um, it's ultimately I don't know. I I don't dislike torso. 
I I enjoy like large swaths of it. Actually, okay. there's just a once they get out to the villa, it becomes too generic. I, I enjoyed like kind of when they were in the city and and the kills were happening there, and mm-hmm. um, even if this kills the the one kill makes zero sense with the girl just running through the forest. Like, why is she out there? It's at least like there were some interesting visuals to it. Once they get out to the villa, it's less like, oh, it's a dude killing people in a house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, there is a visual style to this though that I think works. Like I, I think it's a, it looks old, but there's like a, a nice feel to it. Um, I think like the like tone wise, color wise, it looks. Good. I think all these Italian directors are very talented, and I think that's like the the thing that keeps drawing me back to these movies is you know I might not love uh, an Argento film, but he could direct. You know, like he, right. can, he's, you know, he's got I a love, real style. Like I love what he's doing stylistically, yeah. even if I don't like the story he's telling or understand what the fuck he's going for. So um, there's there's style to these films that's really cool. It's just like inherently cool. And this has a lot of the, the hallmarks of of one of these movies for sure. So so w- what I'm missing from this, and it's something that is very uh, very much at the forefront of the next movie we're going to talk about. But like these are all murder mysteries, and like murder mysteries normally have somebody trying to solve them. In this, there's really not that. It's just like, yeah, there's there's like the police show up and there's like an investigation, but like they're not really investigating the murders. Nobody's like trying to figure this out. Nobody's piecing. I mean, I guess the girls are worried about who it might be because, right? You know, they think that they're going to be next. That's about all. Yeah, but yeah, you kind of need the detective. Yeah, even if he's ineffectual, you kind of need the detective. (laughs) There's at least like. In the next movie, there's a, there the detective is the main character yeah. who is tracking this down, and I find that way more interesting than, than what's happening with Torso. Um, even if there's things about Torso that I I enjoy more than New York Ripper. Anyway, let's uh, let's final thoughts on Torso, Jeff. Yeah, again, I'm not the hugest fan of the genre, so so take what I say with grain of salt, but. I found the explanation to be a bit of a stretch. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, yeah, that guy at the beginning. Um, but I think that this movie's fatal flaw for me is it just, once we get to the villa, I was fucking bored. Like, yeah. I was zoning out. There's so, like, once he kills her friends, there's so much time spent of what is, I, I guess, intended to be like a cat and mouse climax, but it's just like, Boy, does it go on forever, and I never felt any tension. It was just like I was like checking, she, I was checking Twitter. I was yeah, like other stuff. While that, like, all right, come on, get to it. Oh, she's still in the room. Okay, so you know, and I, she's just like in the corner watching him cut up people, and I'm like, okay, this is not. And it didn't like you know his kill. None of it like at the end was like super exciting, and then, of course we get this like crazy explanation and. So I, I, you know, I hate to, I'm not going to be like mean to this movie, but I just didn't, this is not one I'm going to be checking out again, I don't think. 
you know, I think you know, watch it for your for your horror film history. I think there's better giallos out there. For me, this barely makes the cut. It's like a five out of ten. I was pretty bored. That that's uh, exactly where I'm at too. It's a, okay. it's a five out of ten. I wasn't bored in the first half. Like I thought, the first half was was kind of fun. Like it was what I wanted out of the film. There's kills. There's like even if there's nobody investigating the mystery, I'm at least engaged in like what is going on. What is the mystery? Like the guy trying to blackmail the killer, and then then the killer showing up and murdering him. Like that stuff was interesting to me. And then, yeah, it comes to a screeching halt when they get to the villa. And it's like, this is boring now. And a slasher film should not be boring. So uh, five out of ten for me as well. So next up, we have the New York River. Speaking, what do you want? To dedicate a murder to you. Somebody called for you. Yeah, who? The guy with a strange voice. Said he'd call you back. He sounded just like a duck. Just like a duck. The guy who attacked her is our friend who calls and talks like a duck. Well, he's made his first big mistake. Yeah. Anyway, we've got all five boroughs alerted. And we'll also inform all the radio stations. Shouldn't be too hard to find a guy missing two fingers in his right hand. Till the next victim. So you think he'll do it again? Oh, yes. Lucio Fulci directed, and uh, I I have seen some Fulci films previously. Um, yeah. Zombie uh, was well, I don't know Zombie Two maybe I don't know I've seen some of his like his zombie films. Well, <laughs> Zombie they called Zombie Two I think in Italy to like uh, pretend it was a sequel to uh, Dawn of the Dead. I think that's the story. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like, even though something called Zombie Two does not would not in my head put that it is a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, like that doesn't make sense. No, just because zombies. But if you there, see doesn't... if you see Zombie Two, though, you're like, oh, there must have been a Zombie One. It must have been good. So yeah, first part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that that makes sense. I've seen that, um, and oh, yeah. you know, visually, gore wise, fascinating. Like, Dude, like so. I, I just saw that. They just showed it on Joe Bob. 
I had seen it before, but they like stab someone in the eye in that. It's brutal. Wicked. Like there's some brutal, brutal stuff in it. I don't think it's a, like to me. I don't think like movie wise, it's something I love. But... There's a zombie that fights a shark. I mean, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> definitely some inventive shit. So I'm down with Falchi, man. Um, I mean, th- this guy has you know he very very long career. And, he, he started in 1950 working on films. Uh, I think his first film that he directed was like in 59 or something like that. And he went all the way into the 90s um, you know, doing films. So he had a good like 40 year career of making, you know, these gala films, horror films, slashers, like everything. He I he like his nuts. So I like his nuts. So shit like the beyond and this was it the summit to Oh, I, think I think I've seen the Beyond as well. Yes, like com- completely out there shit. Where it's just like, what? Is, I don't know what's going on, but there's cool visuals. Like, shit. I think that's him. I want to say that's him. Yeah, he has he has a a distinct style to him. Um, notably, he does not like Sergio Argento. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a little bit of yeah. There's some definitely some Dario, rivalry. Uh, Dario Dario Argento, right? You're saying, yes. yeah, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. they had beef a little bit. I, I think they're both pretty talented, so I, I like yeah. that. So, yeah, that, he did do the Beyond. Um, I didn't want to be talking out of my ass. No, no, F- Fulci did the Beyond. Yes, yeah, I was looking up. Um, yeah, so uh, New York Ripper though uh, is a return after he had done some like you know he did did some zombie movies. He did the Beyond before the New York Ripper. Um, he was doing some like more mainstream, mainstream in, in terms of of Italian, but horror films, more more classically horror films. Uh, before he returned to a uh, Giallo with the New York Ripper. Um, and this is more kind of like when when you tell me that Giallo is a murder mystery detective type story. This is more what I was expecting out of out of that explanation of what the genre is uh this is a a police lieutenant for some reason not sure why a lieutenant would be the one the lead investigator on something but uh police lieutenant is tracking down a serial killer in new york city uh and that that's like that's it that's the basic premise like you we we get some murders by this guy and um, and the, this this detective is out there, kind of chasing everything down. Uh, I think the the movie kicks off with this guy walking along the Hudson River, and he's playing with his dog. Oh yeah, and he's like throwing a piece of wood, and the dog runs into the bush, and he comes out with a fucking hand. And ridiculous. Um... This was the type of thing where, again, I say, like, sometimes these feel dated. It does a freeze frame on the hand. Yeah. And opening, like, the title cards. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the credits just keep rolling over. It's yeah, so ridiculous. This fucking hand in this dog's mouth. Um, and, and so, like, then we're, we're kind of, like, immediately introduced into uh, the, the police detective, um, played by Jack Headley. Uh, and he is he's introduced to the they they've identified the woman that was killed and he's a, he's introduced to her landlady 
who keeps going like she was murdered wasn't she like giving all this information now she's like eavesdropping on her but she gives an interesting tidbit about who might be the killer is that this lady was called out to a meeting with a guy that talked like a duck Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the distinctive feature of this of this killer outside we of the can hear it. We can hear yes. it fucking Donald and Duck. They're doing they're Donald Duck. People. But you know what's so great? This fucking dumb fuck detective. Like the, the someone will mention, like, oh, sound like Donald Duck. And he's like, Where have I heard that before? It's like, dude, do you not remember the fucking lady telling you like the one clue she gave you about the killer is he talks right. like fucking Donald Duck. And he couldn't put that together for like until like halfway yeah. through the fucking movie. Like It's like why wouldn't you go back and be like, Hey, like, was that Yeah, that would be a big thing that like that would be in my notes. Talks like a Donald Duck. <laughs> And he really does talk like Donald. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. So goofy. Oh, uh, uh, it, it gives that killer some personality, at least in this. Like it's yeah, yeah. and the killer is taunting the police. Like the killer consistently calls the detective and like asks to talk with him, and and he's doing this duck voice. Uh, we'll get to why he's doing the duck voice at the end. But it, it's a distinctive piece of the killer, right? Like, outside of that, it's a dude that wears a black trench coat and, and has a knife. Yeah, but I think we still have not touched on what makes this movie special. And that is its setting of uh, 42nd Street, New York. And yeah. The sex shows and stuff there, and the characters we get to meet. Yeah, so this, um, is, before, this is before the cleanup. Yeah. In in New York, do you think they really had? Because dude, there is a sex show in this, and like we're getting they're just straight fucking. Yeah, they're like it's like people sitting in a in an audience, and then there's a stage, and it's a very small you know venue, and there's just people fucking on a bed in front of everybody. And and so like when they when they first, I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I was like this 1982, so this was from like 19. I was like three years old. I wasn't like trolling around for sex shows in New York. Um. When they first showed that, though, like, they, you know, you come into a theater and there's these people sitting in the theater and there's these, at the front of it, there's two people going at it and, like, oh, like, it's a, it's a porn theater. But then they pan around and they're showing from behind. I'm like, that's a weird shot. Like, they look like real people. And then you just realize it's just a circular room and there's a bed where that's I wonder, dude, if that was a real thing or if this like movie was exaggerating or if it was, um, you know, uh, uh, someone from Italy's interpretation of what they think New York is like. And maybe they haven't been there. I have no idea. I'm I'm assuming Fulci had been to New York and maybe it was maybe this dude. I just need to know. Yeah. Um, If anybody's listening to this and and we know it. Anything about was like about smutty New York in in the seventies and eighties? Loved, I'm fascinated by it, honestly. Like, because that is not something that I've ever experienced in my life. I've I've gone to some strip clubs, I've got, but nothing, <laughs> nothing to that. that yeah. Level. Um. Yeah. Like this is very very smutty. Like, 
very, I think, sexually uh, naughty. We've got a naughty movie here, Chris. Because um, yeah, there's a scene that takes place in a a like a, a little corner diner uh, where this Ooh. rich woman stops in, and uh, dude is straight up sticking his toe in into her vagina, like. And she's saying she's not into it. Into it. Um, like she, she's yeah. there for that. Like, what else is she doing there? Um, and this is the this is the woman that we meet at the at the sex show scene, yes. right? And she's, she's at like fucking. She's like dressed like uh, Dick Tracy, yes. and she's got a fucking. She's tape. Re- she's you know, audio recording tape recorder, and she's masturbating to the show. I'm like. All right, I'm into this movie. Whatever this is, it's good weird. job, Chris. Good job picking this because I'm into this. Whatever the it, fuck is going on here, it's it's wild. I like, and she's recording it, and then you find out that she gives the tapes to her husband. Yes, and he's got a ben, whole drawer full of tapes. <laughs> he has a drawer full of tapes, and he knows his wife goes off, and like she watches these shows, she masturbates to him. She may be fucking other people. Definitely yeah. fucking other people. <laughs> but he is just into listening yes. to the, the action cut. happen. And he just like jerks off to that. It's fucking weird, man. It's old school cuckery with old school technology. It's it's I yeah. can't believe the shit I was seeing in this movie. <laughs> um Yeah, so there, there, there is another killer. Like, there's another kill that happens before all, before kind of all the sex stuff happens. Um, and that's when, uh, that that's when kind of like the detective kind of declares that maybe there's a serial killer. I don't know if it's the chief or the mayor comes in. He's like, no, like, uh, you can't be going around saying that it's a serial killer. That that'll cause panic or whatever. Uh. And then that's when we start following around this rich woman who goes to the sex shows. She's trolling for, she's trolling for sex. Like and it's like the thing is, to me, this whole angle, like her and all this, is the most interesting part of the movie because I just think it's so, you know, twisted and demented and you know. But like, she's not the main character. Like it just shifts. No, it shifts part the part of the way. Um. Well, the the main character is I I think the main character is the detective. Is it? I like, would say we, it's the other girl. Don't we start following some other girl? I'm like we, we we so we follow a bunch of women, right? So we like the and I think I skipped over the fact that there's this woman that is killed on a ferry. Um, that's the very first kill. Yeah, yeah, it's the first first one we see. Um, and that was that's where he kind of declares that yeah, it's like this is the same type of kill as the lady we found in in on the Hudson River. Um, we may have a serial killer. Uh, that was that's an interesting one because like he strips her down and like he like rips her top open and stabs her all over and slashes her, and then the car gets pushed forward. So like as it's going by the camera, like you see her all slashed up inside this this little bug, uh, bug car type thing. Um, and then we follow the 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 rich lady, um, and the lady who is in the sex show. She gets killed there. Afterwards, that's a weird backstage. Weird, I yeah, think backstage doesn't he stick a, a broken bottle into her into her cooch? Yeah. Um, 
she steps on she steps on a, a piece of glass. She goes into her into her dressing room and the lights don't work. And instead of like leaving and going to get somebody to fix the fucking lights, she stumbles around the room, steps on a broken glass, still doesn't leave the room, uh, attempts to fix her her stab wound, and then here's something in her closet where the killer jumps out and stabs her with a broken with the broken bottle that she stepped on. Um, the other half of it. Not very uh, subtle. No. Stabs her. Like, they show it. She's go, he's going for the crotch. Yes. yes. Uh, Stab, stabs her in the groin with, with a broken bottle. Um, also, I think it's... Uh, in that scene, too, I thought the lighting was really cool. It was in my notes. Like, it's like this cool green lighting. Um, yeah, at first I thought it was a little too dark. And then then it, it's it's almost like... You know, if you enter a dark room yourself and like you can't see anything at first yeah it feels like that like she enters the room and you can't really see anything and then it settles your eyes adjust and it has this cool green kind of filter over everything um it kind of gives it this haunting look still don't know why she's fumbling around in the dressing room in the dark but also that we see the the detective he's with some lady in bed, and I guess he <laughs> find out it's a prostitute, and yeah. he gets a call. They get a call, and it's um, the dude doing the duck voice, and he still yes. doesn't put it together. This is the dude with the duck voice is the killer calling. Like he doesn't fucking realize. Like this fucking detective is an idiot, man. He's not great at his not the job. Best detective. Uh, yeah, because like th- this is the this is the prostitute's apartment. So like yeah. And he's like he's like Beringer. You tell anybody I'm here. (laughs) Like all my customers are. It's all anonymous, dude. Like calm the fuck down. Um, but why do people know you're here, man? Uh, and that plays in later. Uh, because obviously the killer knows this detective or knows enough about this detective that he can kind of stalk him. Uh, that then we get the whole. Uh, scene with the lady in the diner, the rich lady, and she hooks up with this dude that only has three fingers. Okay, so for the longest time, I was like, why are we following this lady around? Then I'm like, oh, because she's going to hook up with the killer. Because when you have the sex show scene early on, they show this dude walking in with the missing fingers on his hand. And they're like... They do a point of view shot from him a, a little bit, and you're like, "All right, is this guy?" They do so many things to make you think he's the killer. They like zoom in on his seat because he he like disappears in the little show, and then the, then the girl's getting killed in the back room. So then she's like hooking up with this guy, and you're like, "Okay, now the stories are coming together and here." He like he ties her up to the bed, and um. He's making a tape for her husband. So yeah, no yeah. maybe. No, there's no maybe um that she makes the tapes for her husband. This is a hundred percent. I love it. Uh yeah, but she she ties him up uh, he he ties her up to his bed in in this sleazy motel. Um he raises the volume on on the uh the radio and he makes a call. And this is where you kind of start like is this like is this dude the Renfield for the killer? Like, 
because I, he makes I, a call he, and goes, I have her all set up. She's perfect. She's just perfect, just like you like her. I mean, um, not to spoil it, but he is, right? Like, that's what the... Yeah, like, he, he, he is... He, he procures call, women. They call yeah. him the the procurer. Uh, yes. <laughs> Can I tell you, I think, is who I thought the killer was? No. I didn't think it was him. Like, I was like... I, I'm like the movie's pointing us way too hard into thinking it's him. Did you did you think it was the profiler? Yes, like the yes. psycho, the yeah. um, the, the guy with the cops yeah. type guy. Yeah, I thought I, for I, sure because yeah. he was like, no, the guy will be like this. The guy will be like that. He thinks he's intelligent. And I'm like, it's him. He's the guy. Yeah. He's like telling you who he is. And hundred percent with you would have been yeah. a way cooler reveal, even though I guessed it. And it, instead, it's, it, right. you know, it, it makes it's logical good. sense, right? And that you I know, thought for sure it was him. I thought I was so clever. As as we've probably watched a lot of, yeah. we've probably watched a lot of mystery movies, a lot of like horror. Like that you is a real is smart a guy. Reveal. Yeah, yeah. You get the real smart guy who's like the expert on this, and he's like, he's the one. He's all but pointing the signs at him to like show off how smart he is that he could still get away with it by. Like he's helping, he'll be helping the police and telling them. But like, I think that there are cases of you know there are serial killers that think they're so smart that they will try to help the cops like this, you know. And oh, yeah, the, and the cops, you know, spoilers and sorry for the serial killers. Detectives are not dumb cops; they're smart cops. <laughs> they end up figuring it out. Uh, right, like there, there's a reason that they become detectives. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> a difference between your average cop and a fucking detective. They're, they're two different things, anyways. Um, yeah. So, and then for whatever reason, uh, this this uh, radio announcer. Oh, because we missed we missed the the point. Dude, I have of, so many notes for this. Uh, I'm like all over the place. Yes, we we missed the point that there's an attack on uh, a girl on a subway. Um, she gets off the subway and is being chased by this dude with the three fingers. Um, yeah, she, yeah. She, she gets, she has an encounter with the killer um, and she gets away. She escapes. She's only like mildly hurt. And, um, and so that is how the police know. That's how the detective knows that you know the killer is this dude with three fingers, uh, because the the girl being chased has given that description. That comes over the radio that they're on the lookout for a dude with three fingers, and she hears that while he's asleep and starts panicking because she's like, "Fuck, I'm with the dude with three fingers." Yeah, she's like tied up in the bed or whatever. Is she still tied up? Yeah, she's still tied up. She, she slips has, out, right? She, she uh she basically like unties her one hand with her teeth and then is able to escape. She gets out into the hallway and she's like thinking she's gonna get out of there and the the killer shows up and, and kills her there in the uh in the room. In the hallway. Um leaving yet another body. Like th- this this one has a body count. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, lots of people getting killed. Um, the police are still chasing after the three fingered dude. They think it. They think he is the dude, especially since like they they identified him at the motel. Um, and they then tried, we uh, tracing a call from him at one point. And yeah, I love that. 
I just I took a note on it because it reminded me of the scene in Black Christmas when they're trying to trace a call. Like, I love seeing these movies like from way back. Like how mechanical it is them tracing the calls. Like they're plugging in shit into shit, and you're like, what the? I don't know what they're doing, but it looks cool. Um, yeah, it's like I don't understand how they do it, and like, I'm sure that there is a reason for all that. Like you remember in Black Christmas, is like a guy at the phone company running around and plugging wires into shit, and you're just like, I I don't get how it works, but it looks cool. Like it's a cool looking thing. The only thing I can think of is that like because at the at that time it was so me- like actual telephone lines were so mechanical. Yeah. That like if you could isolate which lines they were coming into. You could probably pinpoint like which area the phone call was coming from. Like, all right, it's not on like yeah. line one, three, and seven, so that means they're over on this side of the city. Okay, it's not on I, this line. Yeah, it's just that that's so much more exciting than caller ID or hacking yeah, or whatever. Like it's, we, it's like it's mechanical, like it's analog. Like so now it's just like keep them on the phone for thirty seconds, and you just yeah. see like a circle slowly. Like now it's like. It's boring now because it's just that circle slowly yeah. closing in. Yeah. Triangulating, triangulating, yeah. got to hold them. Like, yeah. It's like this guy is like There's doing There's a guy work. running around, <laughs> yeah, like doing labor. Um, yeah, so the, 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 the killer calls. And uh, then there's this police chase out to this payphone out by the river. Uh, and that, that's where things start getting wild. Like, um, it's the killer... And, and he had to have somebody helping him. Like, I don't know how this works out because he's across town and he has set it up. He's, he's made the call to the police. He set up a walkie talkie or some sort of device that he can talk through into the phone um, mm-hmm. and get the cops to show up at this payphone. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And he's really at another location where he's going to kill somebody close to and- the lieutenant. And this kill, I think it was this kill, is brutal. He like slices a tit right down the middle, like right down the center of the nipple. Yeah. Then we get a, like razor right down the center of an eyeball. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fulci like, loves to fuck with the eyeballs, man. He he hacks her up. Um, it's not all like we we do see the eyeball, we see the the nipple. Uh. We don't see everything, but when they finally reveal, like she is hacked up, like yeah, uh, she is. She has been brutalized. Uh, it happens to be that it is the the cop's hooker friend, uh, the prostitute that that he frequents. Um, he has to reveal like where her house is, and and they go there, but she's already dead. And then all of a sudden, boom! We're keeping an eye on. Uh, we're keeping an eye on this other lady, the one that survived, uh, because she's the one they're going to go after. They're going to go after her. And now, see, this is what I'm saying is the main character, but she doesn't become the main character until like it's like the last third of the movie. So I can see why you're saying. I guess it's the detective, but it's just to me the first half. The main character is this lady who's making cuck tapes for her husband. Sure, <laughs> like it's just. I think I, I think it's obvious I kind of like this movie, but like that's kind of the flaw for me, and then like they're not really characters either they're just they just exist in the world like they're not three dimensional they just they're just like cardboard cutouts <laughs> like she, I don't know I don't her or specifically like the the characters characters we end on or just everyone in general well i think I think the the 
you know the the rich lady. She doesn't really have like we know what she's into, but she, yeah, that's, that's more really... than you get from a lot of movies. I, I guess like there's she's got some particular things. She's into yeah. kink, and then yeah. the other the other lady. I'm not even really sure what the the final girl is. Like she's I just a student. I, I I was I'm I like this movie, but like I I think it has the same flaw that I find in other genres. It's just like you get to the end, and you're like, okay, this is what we're leading up. Like, it, there's a lot of other things going on in this that makes it work for me. Uh, and there is some fun misdirection in this one where it's like you're thinking it's this guy. I mean, I knew and you knew it was not going to be the guy with the with the missing yeah. fingers. But they like definitely set it up well like that, and they had me going that it was going to be the 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 expert like the serial killer expert guy. Um. Anyways, I don't, don't want to like uh, yeah keep you well, from finishing it up here. Um. So the three finger guy he ends up uh, going after the survivor. Uh, breaks into the house she's staying at, which is her boyfriend's home. Um, attempts to kill her there, but uh, uh, she gets away again. And um, then the the cops are like, "All right, we're gonna keep an eye on this house." And like the the doctor dude, the the uh, profiler, he's like, "Yeah, like they're gonna make another attack on them." And then all of a sudden, boom! They know who did it, and they show up to stop the the kill right before the end. Um, I thought there was going to be a twist where so the girl is in the kitchen. She comes home and she's like, he goes like, what do you want for dinner? And, or he, she asks what, what do you, and he's like, whatever you want. And she, she, she runs off to the kitchen and start making dinner. And she sees the knife chipped. Um, and she had been attacked and the knife had chipped against the wall. Mm. And, and so that like gives her a flashback to like what's going on. I actually thought that this would have been a cool twist because they they mention that she has had hallucinations in the past mm. that if she was the killer, like mm. she had stabbed herself in the leg during a hallucination, but she was the one. But I actually thought, all right, that that could make some sense, but no, it it's turns not- out. It's the dumbest fucking reason. It's her. It's her boyfriend, um, and her boyfriend has a kid that we did not know about at all. Never, never been introduced to except for the last like ten minutes of this movie. She has a terminal disease, um, and because of that, uh, he hates all women. Again, wants them to die. Same flaw as Torso. I mean, it, I don't think this movie suffers nearly as much for it, but it's, it's just like here's a here's a note I have, Chris. Who is the sick child in the hospital? It keeps introducing new people. <laughs> you know, like, and you don't really know until the very end when it's like this is uh this is the killer's daughter, and, and we what is the duck angle like? So he would talk to her in a duck voice, and that that was really it. Like I, I, I don't understand how your your kid being sick makes you a serial killer. It's one of those things where it's like I get that you're trying to it, look the same thing I said about torso. It's like I get you're trying to do like a psychological underpinning as to why, 
but like I, I don't see the line from A to B. You know what I'm saying? Like you're sick. Your kid is sick. Okay, but the, you hate all women because why? Like you know what I mean? Like I, I don't. Yeah, make it make sense for me, Chris. I, I it, don't understand. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's like the doctor yeah. just he completes his profile and is like, it's got to be an intelligent young man that hates like hot women. And, and and he follows the three fingered dude around to kill, to kill the women that that dude sleeps with, um, and for whatever reason they're like, that's definitely that girl's boyfriend, uh, so they start to like follow him and the girl, and for whatever reason they they stumble across that he has this daughter who is dying. The nurse then goes, oh, the parents don't ever come. So it's like, what? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I, I'd say, again, I'm sorry. Like, I know people love this genre, and, and, and but I, I just can't let it go, man. Like, it just doesn't. Your whole thing is you're a murder mystery. Make the mystery better. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is like. And then we get. Like much much like we do in Torso, like we just get this exposition of the killer's motivations and it's like it's the girl going, it's the, the survivor going like, Oh well well Peter Peter must have resented me and and other women because we were having a life that that Susie never would have. You know what has and I think you'll appreciate this, Chris. You know has like a better uh, reveal and reasoning for the killer. Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> yes. And which oh, is, I you know, I mean, I love that movie, and the, yeah. the reveal is great, right? Like, it's like, oh shit, the mom is pissed because these camp counselors are but, dicks, and they they killed her son. So, like, in a way, like in a way, you could say slashers are American are American jalos, but like. Friday Thirteenth really is kind of that, like, oh, who's doing this? Like, it, it kind of fits the mold a little bit. I a hundred percent. Like, I mean, and, it's more, it's more like torso than than this. There's no detective. Yeah, this, there's no but... detective. But like that reveal is out of as weird and whatever like as it is. Like, it, it has better psychological like motivation. Like, yeah, why she's doing that? It's it's logical. Like, yeah. it makes. Logical I mean, sense, sort of, yeah, it, yeah. It's like more than this, like, more yeah, than this. Like, like, I mean, you're trying to assign logic and and rational behavior to somebody who's clearly a psychopath, but at least like you can see the through line, right? Yeah. Like, she lost like, her son. She's mad that people like these these camp counselors were inattentive. Exactly. They're all they're all just like selfish and having sex. Fuck them all. Like, them, I get it. The this New York is River like, is like, I'm going to kill people because my daughter won't grow up to be like them, and she'll never be able to fuck know, people, so I'm going to kill people that fuck. If, if, yeah, if he was killing, like, doctors, I would get it. Oh, the yeah. doctors could care her. Like, you know what I'm saying? There has to be, like, some sort of, like, A leads to B. And here's, like, A, so because B. And you're like, but I don't get why. Like, again, that's my problem with a lot of these, but... um that said, Chris, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I mean, there I think there's some fun to be had here. Um, <laughs> and it's 
look, I'll give both of these films it. Like they are breezy. They're like they're they're ninety, a hundred minutes long. They don't feel like super overlong. This never feels boring like Torso did. Um, like I was kind of engaged with the mystery, even if it does end up at a stupid place. I was at least engaged with like who is the killer. I was engaged with the sex games in the first half. I was like, give me a movie about this lady. Fucking wild. Like that whole thing <laughs> where this dude, like close up shots of this woman's crotch and this dude just digging his toe. <laughs> like first, just like kind of peeling her panties away with it and then just digging his toe into her. <laughs> Fucking wild. Yeah. I like, lo- dude, I had fun with this. I ain't gonna lie. I have my same problems that I have with most shallow movies, but you know what? To me, this is a standout out of the ones I've seen. Uh, I, I guess I gave my sum up there. Did you want to add uh, more? Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree with you on that. Like, uh, it, it, it's, it's a fun movie. I don't necessarily know if I like it. I don't know if I like this this genre. Yeah. And I like murder mysteries, like and and you yeah. mix it with some some violence and some some gruesome gore and stuff. And Fulci is he's a master at that. Like he does really well. He does great eyeball trauma. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude knows how to fuck up an eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, and he's I, I clearly like perverted. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly perverted. Um, but yeah, I. I I like my murder mysteries to have some sort of like logical conclusion that like I can solve, right? Like that's one yeah. of the reasons you watch a murder mystery is yeah, you want to, you're the detective. You want to solve it. These movies ain't knives out. Or, you know, you like, but they do have this, the horror element that we enjoy. Um, I, you know, uh, I, if I were you, I would check out um, some of the Argento ones. If you haven't seen them like Tenebrae, I think it's cool. I haven't seen it, but I've heard the best one is the bird with the crystal plumage. Yeah, that that was one that came, that's his first one too. Right? Tenebrae though has a kill on it. Like it's worth watching just for the kill. How over the top and fucking crazy it is. Um. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, where 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 do you end up rating the New York Ripper, Jeff? Despite the the problems, the issues I have with the genre, I think this is a standout of the genre. I think it's actually a lot of fun, and if you like, as I said at the beginning, talking about Candyland, movies about like weird sex shit, which I do, you're gonna have a ball <laughs> with the New York Ripper. I dig it. It's a six out of ten for me. Um, same score for me. Uh, six out of ten. I enjoy it. I I enjoy it. There is a detective in this movie. Um. I think I enjoyed the killer in the first half of Torso more. Uh, but then he's it's not as fun in the second half. Uh, the Donald Duck thing here, though, wild. I like it. Uh, it's I, it's absolutely such a goofy. weird, like, specific choice, but I, I dig it. Absolutely wild. And, yeah, I'm glad they went with something so goofy that, like, this killer has personality. I will remember... I will remember this killer. I may not remember much about the film outside of like the toe thing. Uh, there, there was a Donald Duck. Yeah, there's a Donald Duck serial killer in, in this movie, this Italian horror movie I watched. So, 
Um, well, I think that puts us at both squarely in in the camp of New York Ripper winning. But did you uh, did you put out a poll? I put out polls. I was trying okay. to get everything I could about this New York Ripper fucking slayed. Uh, it got eighty percent of the vote, and uh, yeah, so they agree right. with us. The people agree with us. It's better than Torso. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, I, I'm kind of surprised because Torso is the one that has the um, historical kind of yeah, behind it. I mean, I hear York, you on that, but yeah. I, I, I think the New York Ripper is more fun, and yeah. but it, it came after kind of the, you know, the genre had died off a yeah, little bit. I and, guess. Uh, I wasn't e- I wasn't sure e- as many people had seen it, even though it is a Fulci film. I, apparently, I mean, I didn't get lots of results anywhere I asked, but yeah, uh, people have seen it. People do like really dig it. So fair enough. Um, what uh, what are we watching next month? You're either gonna hate me or love me here, Chris. <laughs> I once joked about doing these two movies, and here a year later, we are gonna do them. I'm going to completely break the show. We're going back in the uh, action realm. But there's like zero, I, I would say there's like zero horror elements to either of these two movies. I just chose them because when I threatened, I threatened we were going to do them. Do you already know what it's going to be? No. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I know once you say them, but. I, I threatened that we were going to do them, and here we are, and we're going to do them. Basically, I want to do them because I think they're both fucking badass movies good fun genre movies we're doing two heist films chris does that get you closer i i like heist movies all right so we're gonna do thief from 1981 directed by michael mann okay okay and we're gonna do den of thieves from 2018 (laughs) you're probably gonna make me watch it yeah (laughs) i threatened it would happen here we are a year later I'm pretty sure you have not seen it yet. I was like, we're getting them. Nope, I have not seen it, which is weird, because, like, I like everybody in that movie. (laughs) You're gonna, like, dude, if you love fucking... Actually, there's a good, like, through line between these two movies, because they both have lead actors, and, you know, so in Den of Thieves, it is uh, our boy, um, what's his name? Gerard Uh, Butler. Gerard Butler. And in Thief, we have, um... James Kahn and both of these guys play like the biggest fucking assholes on the planet as your main character. So fucking enjoy, dude. Like you are going to love Butler. Um <laughs> Yeah, I and I mean I like the rest of that cast too. Uh you know, O'Shea Jackson Jr., 50 yeah. Cent, Pablo Schreiber. Like that yeah. that's a uh I I don't know. You and our other buddy Sean have been hyping it up for years. It's, yeah, I've not yeah, got yeah, into yeah. it, so I will. Will now finally, I will have I, to sit down and watch it. Yeah, you you may hate me right now for going so far outside of the genre, but I think you might love me at the end of this all. I think you might come back and say these two are winners. Um, Thief is, I think, available pretty much everywhere at the moment, like Tubi, Amazon Prime. You see, you'll, you'll uh, find yeah, it. It's, it's uh, Amazon Prime, Tubi, the Roku Channel, Pluto, yeah. uh, Voodoo. Voodoo, you have to pay, but it's free. Um, it's uh, Den of Thieves is on Netflix. Yep. 
So, and so we'll be back next month with two heist films that I just chose because it's summertime yeah, and yeah, we're gonna do two fun heist films. They're I genre do, movies. They're... Do love, do love some heist movies, especially if they they do the whole like this is how we're gonna do the heist thing. So, mm, I think they do that in at least one of these. Um, I've, I I I'm interested to hear what you think because I think these are both really fun. And with two great asshole performances. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back uh, next month with Thief and Den of Thieves. And we'll return to our regularly scheduled horror programming after that. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I haven't decided what we're doing this month after that. So we'll It'll see. It'll be a surprise. All right. Later, guys. <laughs>